right. Good to see you. How's everyone doing today? Good. If you don't know who I am, I'm Steve. You probably high-fived me at one time or another in your life. Uh, if not, come on out there and do it. But uh, it is great to be here. We are closing out that series called Strong, A Life That Stands Through It All. So today's the last week of that. And uh, just a reminder of where we have been. It started off by looking at a strong narrative, then a strong identity, and then a strong story. If any of those topics sound interesting to you and you weren't here, go back and go on our YouTube. You can go to... Um, uh, uh, our iPod, we have, a, we have a podcast that plays it. Go back and listen. They're all online and available for you. And today, we're going to end with a topic, a topic that I personally feel is extremely important for us to consider, especially when we look at the culture that is going on around us, okay? So today, we are going to look at expectations, expectations. And in my opinion, High expectations have gotten a little bit out of control. I don't know if you feel that way at all at the world around us, but high expectations have gotten a little bit out of control. Now, I wanted to define, try to come up with a definition of expectation for you that fits with what I want to talk about. So here's what I came up with. Expectation is a strong belief that if someone acts a certain way, usually the way I want them to, Circumstances work out in a favorable direction, usually the circumstances how I want to work out, or I achieve a particular thing, it will bring about a desired result in the future. That's an expectation. Expectation is about how we think today and what we're hoping for tomorrow. And it's kind of like our expectation is like if someone acts a certain way, if circumstances work out a certain way, if I get a certain thing, then there's some favorable desired result in the future that I'm hoping for. So we can place our expectation on people. We can place our expectation on possessions. We can place our expectation on experiences things we experience. We can place our expectation on religious duties and God. And so we can place our expectation on a lot of things. And there's a lot of different ways that we can go with this. But I just want to sit there and say that I think there are some places where we have really placed some high expectation that might be having some detrimental effects in our culture. So how would you say our expectations in general in our culture are going when it comes to about towards teachers? High expectations or low expectations? What about politicians? What about athletes? The expectation we have on athletes. What about public servants? The expectations we have on public servants. What about famous people that we expect things from? What about your spouse? High expectations, sometimes a little out of control. What about your kids? Are we placing a lot of high expectation on kids nowadays? What about your boss or your coworkers? What about yourself? I guess I just want us to ask a very simple question to start off here this morning. How are we managing the expectations we are putting on people? How are you doing? How are we managing the expectations we are putting on people? That if they do what I want them to do, or if they perform how I want to perform, there's a desired result in the future that I'm looking for. I think it's important that we ask that. 
But it's not just people we put expectations on. What about possessions? What about possessions and life's experiences? Things like health, jobs, vacations, hobbies, fitness, all these other things that we put expectations on with desired results that we hope happen in the future if it all aligns the way we want it to. In what ways do you feel maybe you've been let down from some of those things, like experiences or possessions, things like that? In what ways have you gotten what you were hoping for? This year, my wife and I, for our anniversary, went on our first cruise. Never been on a cruise before. Little nervous about the cruise thing. I got an old ADD. I was a little bit afraid I might have a little claustrophobia going on. So we just did the Catalina to Ensenada and back home just to test it out. And when we got home, it was kind of cool. I had so many people ask, so was it what you were expecting? Right? What you're expecting? And you know what's kind of cool is I kind of believe in what Alexander Pope says here. Blessed is he who expects nothing, for he shall never be disappointed. That's kind of how I went into it. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't have any big expectations. And so we just went in. We'll see what happens. And we did have a blast. It was awesome, right? But I think about that. I heard that so many times. Was it what you expected? And again, I think we need to just ask ourselves this question. How are we managing the expectations we are putting on experiences and possessions? How are you doing with that? Now, there's another place that we might put our expectations that I think we need to consider. What about our religious expectations? How's that going? What about your devotions, right? Devotion to praying and reading and serving and giving. How's that? How are you managing the expectations of what's the favorable in out, you know, result you're looking for if you do these things? What about towards religious organizations? What's that? Is there a high expectation now towards religious organizations and nonprofit organizations? What about on God? How's your expectation on God fixing everything in the world or fixing everything in your world? How's that expectation going? So we might wanna ask ourselves the question, how are we managing the expectations we are putting on religious duties? You know, that's kind of how I came up with it. Wasn't sure how I wanted to say that, but how are you managing that? How are your expectations? So whether we're talking about relationships, whether we're talking about jobs, possessions, experiences we have, religious pursuits that we're making. How are these things affecting our lives? Really has a lot to do with met or unmet expectations, don't they? What we're hoping for, what we're expecting, and are we getting it or not? So if you were to be honest with yourself today, if you were to be honest with yourself today, just, just right now, right here, in your own heart, in your own mind, how are you doing? How are you doing with expectations? How much has your current life's experience been impacted by expectations? This is important. I think it's important for us to think about. Now, I'm just gonna make some personal observations. This is Steve making observations. This is just how I'm just seeing the world around me. This is important, I think, because it just seems like so many people seem discouraged, disappointed, frustrated, and even angry at what's going on around us. 
if you spend any time on social media or Facebook, it's amazing just how disappointed, frustrated, and angry we seem. And I just think that in my humble opinion, again, this is just me, maybe it's because we have placed huge expectations on people. Maybe we've placed it on possessions. Maybe we've placed it on our experiences, on our religious pursuits. Maybe we've placed it on all these things to make all my wildest dreams come true and it's not working out. My expectations aren't being met. And here's the problem. It seems like if we don't find the desired outcomes, we have the tendency to start blaming and pointing fingers. We are awesome at that. Blaming and pointing fingers. And it just seems like to me, there is a lot of finger pointing, a lot of blaming going on around us right here, right now, in our own community, in our own homes. And I have to think some of that is because of our issue with expectations. Now remember, an expectation is placing our focus on something with the hope that in the future, it will produce something I'm looking for, right? That's an expectation, something going on in our heads that we're hoping for, that we're putting just expectations on other things. So here's what I see the struggle with that's going on. And, uh, you know, when it comes to unmanaged expectations is that expectations can create the feeling of lack today because of focusing on a desired outcome tomorrow. Expectations can give us a feeling of lack today because I have some desired expectation tomorrow that that person, that thing, that experience, that you know, if I do jump through all the religious hoops, it's going to get me where I don't, where I'm, you know, somewhere where I'm not today because I'm not happy. I'm lacking. I'm missing something. And hopefully this is going to get it to me. So we are expecting to ultimately be fulfilled and content by what we think we're lacking, by how other people treat us, by the things we wish we possessed and have by our jobs and our recognition and our promotions, by our experiences that we wish I had. You know, I found myself being a little more free by this experiencing just by last year at Lent. No, this year at Lent, I just erased Instagram. Ah, I don't have to just watch what everyone else is doing that I'm not getting to do. You know what I mean? There's like a lot going on out there. You know, it seems like that person's just always in some exotic place, you know? And I'm just stuck here with you all, you know? Or some religious duty, you got to do this more, you got to do this, got to pray, got to read, got to do this more or else. But here's what I want to ask you. How many times has the expected outcome not even come close to what was desired? Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever got exactly what you wanted and it just wasn't what you thought it was going to be? Has that ever happened to anyone or is that just me? You know, oh my goodness, man, that's the surfboard I want. And my second time writing, I'm going, I don't like it. And I thought my whole world was going to align. Everything was going to be perfect once I got it. It's pretty powerful. It's pretty interesting how that works. Just when I finally get it, 
I had this huge expectation about what it was going to feel like or what I was going to experience. And when I finally get it, it's not there. Where did it go? Who took it, right? That's just a reality that probably a lot of us has faced. And what does that get us to do then? Look for the next expectation. Well, that wasn't it. It must be something else. William Shakespeare said a pretty uh, impactful thing where he says this, expectation is the root of all heartache. Isn't that true? Expectation is the root of all heartache. I told that to my son, who's a literature guy. He goes, of course, William Shakespeare said that. I didn't know what he meant, so I have to look this up. So I don't know. I believe just recognizing this reality is just a huge step for us. I wanted to start off by just painting maybe a picture of maybe a problem that's going on, too high expectation on people, on things, on religious practices, on possessions, on experiences. I just think thinking about it is the first step towards maybe a stronger life that's gonna help us stand through it all. Just, just thinking and paying attention towards how might we manage our expectations in a more powerful, effective way. I, I read a book over this last week that's called 59 Seconds. And he has a tagline in it that says, think a little, change a lot. Think a little, change a lot. So we're gonna think a little, because I believe him. If we think a little in this, and we kind of spend some time this week maybe thinking about our expectations and where are they unmanaged and how is it causing us to be discouraged and frustrated and even angry, maybe it can change. Maybe we can start changing on some of our expectations and it can have a powerful impact in our lives. So that's just my desire today. My desire is just to maybe help us think a bit differently when it comes to expectations. One of my favorite passages in Romans chapter 12, verse two says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world. And, and what is the pattern of this world? Especially our American world. It's a constant spin, right? A spin cycle of desire. Get this, accomplish this, experience this, visit this. That person wants to treat me this way. If they don't, I'll find another person. What's my desire? What do I want? Who's fulfilling it? That's, uh, am I off on this? I know that's what I struggle with, you know? I know I struggle with that. And so that's the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Be transformed from that by how we think. Then we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I think that this constant pursuit. Now, I love pursuing things. I'm not saying that we don't pursue things. We don't attain things. We don't experience things. But when that becomes an expectation to be the fulfillment of my life, you got to understand what I mean? That's when it begins to start having some detrimental effects. But I want to tell you something. This is nothing new to America or nothing new to 2023. Is it 2023? We are there, right? I thought we'd be floating around on cars and stuff according to, yeah, anyways. It's nothing new. A matter of fact, I believe this is the one of the very issues we see back in the book of Genesis in the story of Adam and Eve. I think it's this reality of expectations. So let's go back. 
Let's go back to this story in Genesis chapter three, verse six. Just now, when we thought about expectations and what they are and how detrimental they could be, let's take a look at what happens in Genesis three, six. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, ooh, and what? Pleasing to the eyes. Oh, man, it's good for food. It's pleasing the eye. Forget about all these other trees. I want that. I'm lacking in something now. And that's going to fulfill me. That's going to bring me what I'm looking for. And also desirable to gain wisdom. Oh, yeah, more wisdom. That's what I want. That's what I need. I'm lacking. I need more. She took some of it and she gave, and ate it and she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Can you see the possible reality of what was happening here? It was the expectation that's flowing from a feeling of lack. Even though everything else they could have, oh, but that's what I want. That's what I need. And instead, they saw what they didn't have and they wanted it. And that's where the problem started. Now, listen to how they lived together before this. I think this is important. Listen to how Adam and Eve in the story uh, lived together before this. Genesis 2, 25. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. What a beautiful picture. Naked, exposed, myself, who I am. No shame before the person next to me. See you for who you are and accept you for just as you are, living in harmony and peace and joy and no shame. That's where they are at. But the expectation of more, the expectation of more doesn't just affect what I want over here, but then it starts affecting what I want here, what I want there. And what happens as it takes root, the feeling of lack? Genesis chapter three, verse seven. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So what what does that mean? If you take from Genesis two, they were naked without shame. What's this saying? They were now naked and they were experiencing shame. They covered themselves up. They no longer were just accepted for who they were. They began this journey of covering themselves, needing to prove their worth, protect themselves, project an image, and it begins to ruin everything. And that begins the cycle. And it just gets worse. I mean, you think you have bad kids? What about their kids? So Cain then kills Abel because of what? Jealousy. So it goes from shame to blame the woman you gave me, that serpent, to then their kids. What do you mean you accept his sacrifice and not mine? And then violence continues and murder and death to building the tower. Now we want to rule over everyone else. Man, it all comes and stems from this idea that I'm lacking and that's what's going to give me what I need ultimately building a tower up into the heavens to rule everything and no longer getting to enjoy the life they had. <laughs> I'm glad we don't struggle with this stuff today. Right? 
It's just the story of all of us. It's the struggle we have. Look at what James 4 says. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Do we have any fights and quarrels going on amongst us? Just a few here or there. Not a lot, right? Where do they come from? Don't they come from your desire that battles within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet what you cannot get, what you want, so you quarrel and fight. That's like expectations, right? I want that. I want this. I want everyone to think this way. I want everyone to think that way. And we fight and we quarrel and we kill and we're continuing to struggle with that in this very day. Whoo, all right. So here's my question. How can we better manage our expectations in order to build a stronger life that stands through it all? How can we better manage our expectations so that we can build a life that stands through it all. And I wanna close with just our time with three thoughts, three areas of expectation, and just get us to think real simply about, you know, just 59 seconds, think about this, right? And I'm just gonna think real simply about these areas. And maybe this week, you'll just spend some time considering which area maybe you're struggling with, a little unmet over too high of expectations. Where might we move and grow in this a little bit? Just Three simple ideas. Dallas Willard said this, what you do with your mind is the most important choice you have to make. And I think when it comes to expectations, it's gonna start here. We're gonna have to spend some time thinking, not just in our 30 minutes here together, but like throughout our lives. We're gonna have to think about this stuff and pay attention to it, okay? So just like Romans 12 said, right? It's about not being trans, uh, you know, conformed to the, this world's ways, but they transform by how we think. So first, we're gonna look at how expectations focus on peep, relationships, possessions, and God. Those are the three things we're gonna look at here, okay? Just to get us started on something. Number one, what about when it comes to people? How can we manage and have better expectations towards people? Matthew 7, verse 12. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law of the prophets. Yes, I'm going there. The golden rule, right? I tried to look at all these other verses. What just kept coming to mind was the golden rule. Because this golden rule is powerful. Because I don't know how everyone wants to be treated, but I know how I want to be treated. And I have found that if I treat people the way I want to be treated, it goes pretty good for them most of the time. And so this is, a, this is one I can wrap my head around. This is one that I don't have to figure out what everyone needs. I just have to think what I need and then live that towards others. That's what makes this so beautiful. When you think about it, you expect to be loved then love. Is your expectation to be respected? Then respect. Is it your expectation to be honored? Then honor. Is it your expectation to be seen? Then see. Is it your expectation to be heard? Then listen, right? Is it your expectation to be treated kindly? Then be kind. I mean, Gandhi said something that I, I just have posted up there. I look at it all the time. Be the change you want to see in the world, right? Be the change you want to see in the world. So it, it's not like rocket science here. I thank the Lord for that because if it was, I'd be in trouble. This is simple. So here's how I put it. I'm telling you, this is going to be simple. Don't expect so much from people. Instead, begin to be what you want to see. 
Don't expect so much from people. Instead, begin to be what you want to see. Man, I tell you, <laughs> I think I, I, I don't know if I said this, this service, the last service, but over the last, yeah, I think I said it with Alex. Over the last year, I got to be, do preschool chapels once a month. Did I say that already? Preschool chapels once a month. Four-year-old, three-year-olds, and two-year-olds, 120 of them with Steve doing chapel. What do you do with that? What do you do when their topic is, don't worry, trust Jesus? to a three-year-old. And all of a sudden it hit me as I'm trying to bring it down to their level. I'm teaching them things I can't even live myself. Like the simplicity of it. Stop demanding or expecting so much. Be what you want to see. Treat people with kindness. Be gentle. Oh, don't take that. I mean, we parents, we adults need to become more childlike because this is what this is all about. It's pretty powerful. Yeah, they fight. Yeah, they get mad. And yeah, they don't always share. But I tell you, all these little two and three and four-year-olds, they're not judging each other and fighting over financial status and cultural differences and identity issues and political and religious views. They just, I just want your toy. Well, here's another toy. Okay. Oh, I don't want any more. It's just so beautiful. You're like, oh, we got a lot to learn. Y'all got to go check out preschoolers because we got a lot to learn, you know? So don't expect so much from people. Instead, begin to be what you want. Number two, number two, don't find, this is, this is so trite and simple. I almost laughed that I put this up here. Don't focus so much on what you don't have. Instead, begin to work on being grateful for what you do have. Parents, do we teach that to our kids? While we're then Amazon searching for that next thing. Someone came up to me and says, oh, Steve, it's shoes for me. You need to pray for me. I need shoes. <laughs> Mine's like surfboards. I'm never satisfied. And my buddy Matt and I will go like, I found this board. He goes, Steve, didn't you just get a board? Yeah, but it's not this board. This is going to change my life forever. And I have my buddy that will talk each other off the ledge. Don't get it. You don't need it. You like yours. And it's like we're fighting through this stuff. I know it seems almost childlike, but it's real. And it can be so powerful if we just begin to think about this stuff. Two weeks ago, I got to teach in the children's ministry. I got to like run the little children's ministry on Sunday morning. And here was the topic of the day. Check this out. Two elementary school kids. Don't miss out on what you have now. Any of us need that message? Don't miss out on what you have now. That's what they talked about. Man, when I think of being a parent, how much I tried to instill on in my kids gratitude and contentment. You need to be happy with what you have. Well, you're not happy with what you have, Dad. Well, that's different. I'm an adult. <laughs> I have this stuff figured out, right? Oh, man, somehow we just never seem to grow up out of this stuff. You know, we want more. We want more living in a world of abundance. But deep down, we feel like we lack. Right. So I did an analogy with the kids and it went over so well. I'm bringing it to you all. So who likes donuts? Anyone like donut holes? Come on. Come on. Come on. Anyone else like donut holes over here? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hey, donut hole. You like donut holes? OK, come. Come on. Come on. We don't have all day. Here's a donut hole. Don't eat it though yet. Okay, don't eat it. There's a donut hole. Ooh, donut holes are awesome, aren't they? Glaze. Don't eat it. Stay here. Don't eat it. 
Okay, I need one more person that likes donut holes. Come on, Brad. Yeah, here we go. Okay. Ah, oh, these donut holes are good. They're from the down the street. Okay, here you go. She's already. Oh, there you go, bro. Uh, so I, I bought 100 donut holes for all the kids, and I gave every kid a donut hole. And I had two kids up here that were like, where's my donut hole? And I handed them that. You should have seen the look on the kids' faces. They're like, oh, just like I heard over there. There was like a moan over here. Was that what? Yeah, they're pointing at each other. And how many of you, all of a sudden, does that donut hole just not seem quite as awesome as it did a second ago? Right? Amazing. It took 30 seconds. Took 30 seconds to go, yeah, oh, I, I only have the little whole part of it. And, and, then, and then what I did, okay, go ahead and eat it. You guys can eat the donut hole. But it, yeah, I know you want that one. But it's, but it's good, isn't it? Isn't it good? And so that's what we are teaching the kids. You can, yeah, you can go. You can eat your donut. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. Yeah, but that's what I taught the kids. And in the middle of it, I'm going like, oh, my goodness, I need to learn this. Because once they all ate it, then I go, how was the donut hole? Oh, it was so good. Right, okay, cool. Don't miss what you have in front of you. Don't miss what you have in front of you. Watch out, because when we start having the feeling of lack because we expect some other possession, it's gonna make us feeling like we're lacking what's in front of us. First Timothy 6, 6 and 8 says, but godliness with contentment is great gain, for you brought nothing into the world and we could take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, if we have a donut hole, we should be content with that. <laughs> even though someone else has a whole glazed donut that he didn't even offer to share with me. <laughs> and you know what's rare too? I've just come to recognize more and more that isn't contentment often what we're hoping to get by the things we possess anyways? It's like we're trying, and, and so when we sit there and think like, wait a minute, if I can find a way to be content with what I have, doesn't mean I'm not going to pursue and get things, but all of a sudden when that doesn't become like, oh, if I get that, then I'm happy because that's when, it, that's when the writer of Ecclesiastes talked about chasing after the wind, right? Don't you love that? It's like chasing after the wind. I just think I'm going to get it and then it disappears and it's not there. So just recognizing that can maybe have a powerful influence on us just to consider how fleeting contentment can be if it's on what's over there instead of what I have here. Where it starts here, all of a sudden I think I can, it, it could be a little bit more solid ground than when I'm thinking it's over there. And finally, what about our expectations towards God and religion? This was a biggie for me. I thought a lot about what I wanted to say in this one because I think this one is the foundation for us, especially if we're followers of Jesus and consider ourselves Christians or religious. Like this is an important one, right? This is kind of the foundation by which the other ones like build upon. And so I really thought about like, how do I want to talk about better managing what we expect when it comes to religion and God and things like this. So here it goes. You guys ready for what I came up with? Here we go. Trust that God doesn't have high expectations for you. Bet you weren't expecting that, were you? Trust that God doesn't have high expectations for you. Instead, believe he is always with you and loves you no matter what. Ah, oh, the pressure to perform for God, <laughs> to prove your worth, to feel the weight of expectations he has for you. 
to feel that you're never going to measure up can be so intense and burdensome and rip the soul out of you. Any of you ever felt that burden? Ever felt like you're just not totally what you should be? You know you can do better. God's expecting, he's sitting up there like, hmm, we'll see. That's a heavy place to be. But Jesus came. He came to free us from that. He came to free us from religious burden. He came to show us that God is here. God is now. The kingdom of God is near, not far. It's here, not over there. That's what God becoming flesh meant. That he empathizes with our weaknesses and struggles because he was tempted in every way and he suffered and he struggled so he can empathize with us. Next time you think God's looking down on you because of your weakness and your struggle, go to Hebrews 4 and realize he's empathizing with you. That's a different way to look at it. That's what Jesus came to put on display and to show a world that was burdened by religion. And over 2,000 years, we've just heaped the religious burden back. And Jesus came to set us free from that, to set people free from that, to show us that he loves us and will never leave us or forsake us. That's the good news. And that can power, empower us to live lives and experience God's kingdom here and now. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to become something for it. We just receive it, see it, experience it. That's why Matthew 11, I think I have this in every sermon I ever do, because it's like the verse I think about every day. Jesus said, come to me all your weary and burdened, I'll give you rest. And I think he's talking to a religious and political burdened society and culture that are just worn out by it all. And he says, come and you will find rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and I am humble in heart. Gentle and humble people don't put such high expectations that people just always feel like they're not matching up. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My expectation is easy and it's light. <laughs> How beautiful is that? So stop thinking that God's putting big expectations on you and instead believe and trust that he's with you and loves you no matter what, and he's there. I got some news for you. Expectations are not going away. <laughs> we can't just eliminate them and they're not gonna be there anymore. It's part of the human nature, right? We're not gonna, we, we can't deal, you know, it's not just gonna, all of a sudden I have none. No, we do, we will. But we can start to realize the potential power of them over our lives. We could start to think about that and shift our focus a bit in ways that can strengthen us to stand through it all and to kind of have different, pay attention to where our expectations are a little bit too high and a little bit overwhelming that are dictating us or we're becoming, uh, you know, mad and angry and discouraged and frustrated and pointing fingers. What do we tell our kids? Every time you point your finger, what? Three are pointing back at you, right? Oh, beautiful things we need to learn again. So next time you're pointing fingers and then the little kid will go, okay, I'll do it like this, you know? Just things we need to area. So what's your area? So what area of expectation do you feel you might need some adjusting in? Where are you at? 
Somewhere, what area of expectation of these trees do you think you need to manage a little bit better? Spend some time this week thinking about it. Just thinking. Because man, when we start thinking, it begins to help us see things. And when we see things differently, it impacts our life. So don't let that go. Because remember where expectations, expectations start. Where do they start? Right here. It's a mind game. How many of you have figured out that life is a mind game, right? Where it starts, it starts here. And then it gets put out on others or things or whatever. Man, I'm stoked that today we're going to end our time with communion. Hopefully you guys got your communion. Because this is the foundation of it all. When you sit there and think about what Jesus did when he came to this earth, became human, he humbled himself, he suffered. And he suffered under the weight of all that, what we see in that Genesis 3 through 11, right? That violence and that expectation. Talk about unmet expectations. What were they hoping the Messiah was gonna be? A conquering king, right? Come in and destroy my enemies. How disappointing when the Messiah came and actually redeemed and restored and loved their enemies. <laughs> Talk about unmet expectations. When he wasn't who they wanted him to be, to death with you. And he came to put on display. As we sit there and think of the cross, he put on display the depth that God would go to show you how much he loves us and how much he sacrifices and the ugliness and the weight of what sin ultimately displays, right? Rejection, anger, hatred, violence, murder. Same things we saw back in Genesis is happening on the cross. And Jesus on the cross looks at those crucifiers, says, forgive them, looks at the dude next to him. Today you'll be with me in paradise. And this says, it's finished. Three of some of the most gorgeous, beautiful statements ever made to teach us the heart of God. And so as you open up the bread and you just think about this idea that he was broken, that his body was beaten, that those that killed him were doing it because the same things that we get angry about and violent about and point fingers at, it's his fault. And he just took that on. Lord Jesus, to think that we can see the beauty of God's love for us through what you endured it shows the depth that you went so that you can make that statement, Father, forgive them. Because at that time that you were being mistreated, judged, rejected, condemned under the law, you showed us the very heart and forgiveness and love of God. As we take this bread, maybe we remember that. You could take the bread. They really felt that life was in the blood and it cleanses. And Jesus, like blood was shed, cleansing us, helping us to see we're loved and forgiven. This is the very heart of God from the beginning of all creation. This is, it got messed up in religion. <laughs> Jesus came to clarify that my brokenness is because you know that, that the ultimate result of sin, we kill each other. We destroy each other. But he rose conquering it and saying, man, you don't have to be destroyed. You can find life in him. Jesus is there to love us through this mess and to be right there with us. So as you open up 
the cup. Lord Jesus, thank you again that you gave your life so we don't have to give ours, that we can realize that there is life in you. You rose from the dead conquering sin, conquering the law, it says, conquering death so that we can find peace in your kingdom right here and right now. So as we take this, may we just rejoice in that truth. God, thank you for just helping us to relook at expectations. Thank you that you don't just heap this huge expectation on us or you will reject us, but you love us where we're at. You empathize with our weaknesses and you're always right there with us. May that be the foundation that helps us to look at possessions differently, help us to look at people differently and help us to be that change that we wanna see in the world. For your glory and honor, in Jesus' name, amen. Alex, what's up, brother? Hey, man. Hey. What a way to end the Strong series. Oh, super fun series, yes, I always yes. love it when you get up here. And if you haven't been around Rancher for a long time, Steve's been here forever, right? Man, <laughs> for a long forever. time. yeah. But just pouring his life into yeah. people and young people and counseling. I mean, just yeah. so much that you do. Thank yeah. you so much for everything that you do. We I love appreciate it. you. And I love uh, it. I love you're it. a great friend. And next week is baptisms. You didn't want me to say anything more about you. No. I got it. Okay. You always do this friend thing. It's all very awkward. We're friends, man. Yes. yes. Next week is Next baptisms. Week is ba- if you've never expressed your faith in baptism waters at noon, we'll be at our baptismal. Come on out and celebrate. And if you want to be baptized, come on out and we'll baptize you. It'll be an awesome day. That's right. And over here, if you would like prayer, got to talk to a pastor, anything yep. going on, uh, we'd love to talk to you. Yep. Steve, you're going to be right, I just there. walk right down over here. So I'll be over there. If you have that, any comments, want to say hi or anything, I'll be right over there. All right. Next week, we launch awesome. a new series called. Finding God. Oh, it's going to be be a good good one. Yes. So come back next week. We'll see you. Have a great week, everybody. God bless.